Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 9th of the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country. We use the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Wow. Yesterday was a doozy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We're going to dig right into it with two incredible guests. First, we've got Alex Newman with us. He's a writer, speaker, journalist, um, educator, author, consultant, and a whole lot more. JBS.org, as well as his award-winning videos all over the country. Welcome back, Alex. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. And then our next guest, Mr. Larry Pratt, formerly with Gun Owners of America. We're talking about all things liberty, and he's going to help us break down the elections as well, or the election results, if you want to call them that. Welcome, Larry. Good to be with you, Sam. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. I want to kind of take a little bit of a side trip before we get into the election results and all the details. I think this question is great uh, for Alex and Larry both to answer. So as you know, Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips got arrested. There was a big old to-do. They got released right before the elections. Uh, But to me, that, again, manipulates the elections when Eugene Yu gets caught storing data on communist Chinese servers. Then they're trying to, you know, strip Greg and Catherine down to say you got to reveal your source. Should journalists ever be forced to disclose the identity of their confidential sources? Uh, Let's start with you, Alex. What do you think? As a journalist, I'm appalled by even the fact that we're discussing this. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. Uh, Journalism requires confidential sources um, to be able to expose the things that evil people in high places are doing. And uh, basically forcing a journalist, an investigative journalist, to disclose their sources is an attack on journalism. and It's an attack on the public's right to know. It's a blatant attack on the First Amendment. uh, And it's a tactic used by lawless and rogue regimes. Uh, this is an outrage, and uh, frankly, I think this judge ought to be removed from the bench. Amen to that. Impeached, to say the least. Larry, what do you say to this? Ditto. Um, it was really shocking. It was somebody, something that might happen in a country like the one my wife came from in Latin America, uh, but to happen in the United States of America, where the First Amendment is enshrined in our basic our Bill of Basic Liberties, uh, that is just an amazing affront to the oath of office that that judge took. Amen to that. Now, the reason I bring this up at the start of the election coverage today is because, to me, uh, there are a, a very, very few exceptions in which somebody must give up their sources. Uh, and it, it, it's complicated, but I think it's very, very rare. But for the judge to do it this early in the game to make it so public, to do it right before the election, I submit to you that alone is election tampering because then you're led to believe, if you're not completely politically savvy and caught up, you're kind of led to believe, 
oh, anybody who makes any claim like Catherine or Greg or anything akin to that, man, they must be way off track. I mean, they're probably ready to go to jail next, Alex. And so what we've got is this massive intimidation factor right before the election, sir. Yep. Uh, and, and I think one of the things that the regime in Washington, D.C. is trying to do is scare people into remaining silent. Um, I mean, that should have been pretty apparent over the last year when they deployed the FBI as kind of Joe Biden's personal Gestapo to harass parents, to, to raid journalists. I mean, they raided James O'Keefe's house, for crying out loud, one of the last real journalists on this planet. And uh, the clown car formerly known as the FBI shows up and tears through his house. Uh, this is an outrage. Um, it's it's outrageous. And I think what they're doing here is um, they've moved from trying to dupe us into just trying to intimidate us into remaining silent, which means we need to speak out all the more, even louder. Amen and to that. Then, Next kind of go ahead, Larry. I would add that the the House of Representatives is still under Republican control. Uh, a lot of rhinos in there. But one of the missions that we the people should be pressing them on is to abolish the FBI. Whatever Amen. legitimate whatever legitimate functions it has, and I'm hard pressed to think what the Constitution would provide uh, in that regard, th- those can be carried out uh, at the individual state level. And if some of the matters actually transcend state borders, the states are specifically empowered in the Constitution, to subscribe to various compacts so that three or four states could get together and deal with an immigration problem or whatever it might be. And so the idea that we need a federal uh, police agency, which is totally outside the Constitution, is something that we'd better get our heads around and start dealing with. And the Republicans still have the juice to do it because they have the House of Representatives. We'll talk about that in a minute, but he's spot on, Alex. Yeah, I I agree 100%. You know, the FBI was at one time a legitimate law enforcement agency looking for uh, communist Soviet agents and infiltrators within our institutions, but it has strayed so far from that mission. Um, You know, the Constitution contains three federal crimes, uh, piracy, counterfeiting, and treason. Um, and, uh, you know, the FBI hardly does any of that anymore. Now they're focused basically on terrorizing and silencing conservatives. And so uh, we need to bring the rhinos in the House of Representatives in line and um, and really start holding these people accountable, uh, start defunding these attacks on Americans, start defunding the agencies. Right. I, I don't want to hear about oversight hearings where we're just going to have a big spectacle for the cameras and pretend like we're doing something. Uh, we need actual action. And uh, one of the things that the rhinos and the establishment Republicans rely on is the American people's ignorance of the Constitution. They say, oh, there's nothing we can do. You know, we can write a bill, but Joe Biden's going to veto it. No, no, no. All of the money needs to come from the Congress. And so uh, all the Congress has to do is say, look, we're not passing a bill with money for uh, the clown car formerly known as the FBI. Period. End of discussion. Amen. Uh, Close your your, uh, agency. You're gone. You're unconstitutional. And we're going to go after the leaders for criminal activity. Uh, etc. Now, the battle is between the general government and the several states. And Richard Mack's case, in my opinion, Alex Newman and Larry Pratt comes to mind here. Uh, in Richard Mack's win over Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court, basically said the federal or the general government has no authority over the several states. There's dual sovereignty. So they can't mandate anything or co-opt them into anything. 
Well, as you know, the general government now is trying to send the FBI and all these government agencies into the several states to, quote, monitor elections and to help maintain, quote, federal election laws. Florida, though, is the only state that pushed back. Headline says Florida fights back against, quote, Biden's election monitors. They want to have control rights. Joe Kovacs of WND.com. Sadly, Florida is the only state that pushed back on this. Alex? Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine that Republican states would allow um, this rogue regime to deploy thugs to intimidate our people. And uh, I mean, this is is outright lawlessness. Uh, They stole an election. I mean, all you got to do is look at the behavior of the FBI over the last year and a half. In fact, you can go back way further than that when they were persecuting uh, Trump's inner circle. Um, We do not need these kinds of thugs overseeing our election. Um, Frankly, I'm extremely concerned about election fraud. I think there was massive fraud all over the country, including right here in Florida. But uh, the last thing in the universe that we need is DOJ thugs uh, terrorizing our local officials, trying to ensure election integrity and trying to make sure our election laws are enforced. Larry? If the FBI were sent into a state or a district to quote-unquote, ensure election integrity, it would actually be for the purpose of making sure that there was election theft. The FBI uh, has gone uh, overboard. They've sailed off into the land of lunacy and corruption, and they need to be initially simply disregarded. States need to do uh, what DeSantis was saying uh, was happening in Florida. We're not playing your game where you have all the balls and all the bats. Uh, That's not a a game of baseball. So uh, go away, FBI. And uh, by the way, there's no money coming for you either. And hopefully uh, there's going to be a serious soon effort to defund the FBI. That's something that we the people should be communicating with our elected representatives in Washington. We should be telling them that uh, there's a lot of issues that are important indeed, but this is one that is paramount because nothing else matters if the fix is in. Amen to that reality check. So I want to bring this issue up too, and I know it sounds like I'm not getting to the election results, but I think we really are in a fundamental lower level way right now. I don't know if you know this, but only about 50% of Christians are registered to vote. And out of the 50% of Christians that are registered to vote, only about 50% of them uh, literally go to the polls in a given election. What that means is only 25% of Christians really vote. 75% don't. Larry Pratt, you first on this one. What do you think of that? No wonder we got uh, slaughtered and no wonder we struggled to defend um, God-ordained values and principles. Larry? Well, I think it's uh, in part a failure in the pulpit. This is something that pastors should be hammering on. Um, And I do think they can endorse candidates, and in certain races, I think it would be very appropriate. Uh, But at a minimum, they should be telling their constituents that uh, they are the bedrock of, in our country, uh, the the way the government operates. If we're not part of the process unimpeded, then the government is illegitimate. Our government has become one that's no more illegitimate than a banana republic where my wife came from. 
We know about banana republics. We've seen them up close and personal. When my wife voted, the one time she voted in Panama, she saw the election box. She had put her ballot in, uh, carried off by the military. Now, I'll say one thing. Because it was ballot boxes and paper ballots, she and many others were able to see the theft of the election, unlike what happens with a Dominion voting machine where click, 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 nothing can be seen from the outside. And as a result, the legitimacy of the Panamanian government was non-existent. Nobody uh, paid him a never mind, and they ultimately fell. Uh, so the advantage of paper over electrons is night and day. No question about it, Alex. So I'm saying only 25% of Christians really vote. No wonder we're in the jam we're in, sir. Yeah, you know, there, there's a new movie out uh, called Enemies Within the Church, and I think uh, they do a phenomenal job of exposing the infiltration of uh, Christian denominations. Uh, this is a process that's been going on for well over a century. Um, you know, they, they go into the conservative seminaries and they tell them, oh, you should never be involved in politics, right? Politics is bad. Politics is dirty. That's unchristian, which is, of course, absolutely ridiculous. If you read the Bible, um, I mean, it's, it's basically a giant history book of God's people standing up to evil in high government office. Uh, Pharaoh, King Ahab, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, the, the Pharisees, right? I mean, how many examples of God's well, people standing Baptist, up to? Right? That's right, John getting his Baptist. head chopped off. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what God's people are supposed to do. And yet you have all these uh, conservative seminaries teaching pastors to teach their congregations to, oh, no, don't worry, you're just going to be raptured out of here. You know, the, the worse it gets, the better off we're all going to be. Uh, it's simply ludicrous. Then you have these far left uh, fake Christian churches where they tell people, uh, oh, you know, Jesus wasn't even really real. The virgin birth, that's not really real. But you know what is real? Social justice. You're going to be saved by social justice and critical race theory. Um, and then these people are encouraged all to go out and get involved in politics. This is obviously subversive. It's obviously unbiblical. Um, but there is, I think, uh, a renewed sense of urgency among pastors. Uh, I've been teaching at Liberty Pastors Summits all across the country. Uh, we've trained over 1,500 pastors just in the last year. Uh, on on the importance of Christians being involved, on what the Bible says about civil government, right? God's the creator of civil government. God uh, is the inventor of civil government, just like he's the inventor of family. And if we want to know how government is meant to function, uh, you ought to go to the instruction manual written by the one who created government. Uh, and the instructions are pretty simple. Government exists to punish evil. And we don't get to define evil. God already defined evil. Murder is evil. Therefore, you have a right to life. Theft is evil. Therefore, you have a right to property. Uh, and if government must punish evil, they must punish theft. They must punish murder, etc., etc. So this is actually pretty simple, and uh, Christians for thousands of years understood this. But uh, what we have now is um, terrible false doctrines that have infiltrated the church. And, of course, uh, the federal government contributed to this with their Johnson Amendment and other things. They All right, indeed. there you have that. Let me let me give you this uh, kind of message. A listener, uh, Blaze, and I don't want to give more of his name than that, but he brings up an interesting point that I want Alex uh, and Larry to respond to. It is hard to free fools from the chains they revere. Incredible statement. Highlighting where we are now, Alex. Yep, it's uh, very, very true. And, uh, you know, uh, one of uh, one of our founding fathers uh, said, uh, hey, you know, if you uh, if you prefer slavery rather than liberty, uh, you know, go home from us in peace. We seek not your counsel or your arms and uh, may your chains set lightly upon you and may posterity forget that you were our countrymen. 
And um, we're in that situation now. I mean, if you don't realize that our country is being taken over by totalitarians, that uh, we are on the brink of losing our Constitution and our God-given rights, um, and uh, or worse, if you are actively supporting those things, then uh, you, you should not call yourself an American. Uh, you're a disgrace to this country. And, um, yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. All yeah, right, the there you have Rome, it, Larry. What do you say? Well, the Book of Romans describes the people in office as ministers of justice. And if they don't perform as described in the Bible, then they're anti-biblical, they're anti-Christian, and that should be an alarm bell going off in pulpits and in pews all around the country. And in fact, uh, the alarm bells have been sounding, and we should be doing what the people of Brazil have done when their election just before ours, uh, their national election was stolen, evidently. Uh, they went out on the streets, and you may have seen the photographs, uh, but you can't see the end of the sea of people in the daylight just going beyond the limits of the camera's ability. It, it, they meet the horizon. It is extraordinary. Uh, the, the newspaper accounts have mentioned millions of Brazilians in the streets saying this was not a fair election. Mr. Lula, you are not going to be a legitimate uh, minister of justice. You're a minister of injustice by the very fact that you stole your election. And that is essentially what the Brazilian people have put the government on notice about. And uh, shame on us in America if we just say, oh, well, never mind. Well, and there's evidence now that the CIA tampered with the Brazilian elections as well. Have you heard about that, Alex? Yeah, actually, uh, the Biden regime deployed uh, senior people from the Department of State, the CIA, the Department of Defense to go down there and bully Bolsonaro and tell him, uh, you better not contest these election results. And uh, I mean, basically, the implied threat is we're, we're going to organize international military intervention if you point out that this election was a giant fraud, that the lawless Supreme Court is jailing people who point out that it was a giant fraud. Uh, I lived many years in Brazil. Have a lot of contacts down there still. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I worked uh, multiple times with uh, Jair Bolsonaro's top advisor, Olavo de Carvalho, who died uh, just last year. And um, uh, just a few months ago, I was with uh, Jair Bolsonaro's son, Congressman Eduardo Bolsonaro, at uh, a Mike uh, Lindell event in South Dakota. And he told me this is what they were going to do. He said they're planning to use the same exact playbook that they used on you people in 2020. They're working on doing it right now in Brazil. Uh, they're going to silence everybody who points it out on social media. Uh, it's it's disgusting. Uh, but at least the Brazilian people have the sense to realize that uh, that this is what's happening. And so millions and millions of them went out on the streets. Uh, I don't think it's over for Brazil yet. Uh, the commies are trying very, very hard to reconquer Brazil, uh, to be kind of the base of operations for the Obama and Biden and Soros-backed communist takeover of Latin America. Um, but, uh, you know, that's happening here. And unfortunately, naive conservatives and Republicans uh, don't see it, or they're too intimidated to talk about it, or they're too glued to Fox News to realize what's happening and what needs to be done. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Look, um, it's hard to free fools from the chains they revere. No doubt about that quote. Senator Mike Lee wins in Utah. That is good news. DeSantis yes. and Rubio win in Florida. That's good news. I'm not really a big Rubio fan, but it's better than the alternative. But the DeSantis win in Florida, you're from Florida, Alex. i got to give you a chance to speak on this one. 
Well, uh, DeSantis is an interesting guy. He's no no doubt been the best governor in our country over the last couple of years. Uh, there's not even a close second. But, uh, you know, he, DeSantis used to be my congressman, so I spent a lot of time in his office pestering him about bad votes. Uh, you know, his Freedom Index score was never uh, especially extraordinary. He had an average of about 70 percent, which, you know, he's better than most, but uh, certainly not what a conservative district like this deserves. And, uh, you know, we, we've we been very proud of him for, for defending us against some of the lawlessness of the federal government. I think that's a good model to um, for other governors, for other Republican governors across the country. Yes. But uh, we don't want to turn Ron DeSantis into some kind of messiah figure either. Um, you know, following very closely the politics here in Florida, he basically in every race where he gave an endorsement, he endorsed the establishment incumbent Rhino against the conservative, against the constitutionalist. So, um, you know, I think there's a reason that the Fox News of the world and the, even the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost of the world are painting Ron DeSantis as the savior. Um, there's an effort right now, I know from multiple sources, including people on Capitol Hill, to use DeSantis uh, to foil Donald Trump's ambitions in 2024. I've got plenty of differences with Donald Trump as well. Anybody who follows my work knows that I've criticized him on a lot of key issues. But um, As have I, and justly yep. so. Yep. But, you know, I, ju I just want to caution people. DeSantis is not Jesus. Um, DeSantis is uh, is a man. And uh, as the Bible tells us, we should not put our trust in princes. I'm very glad he won uh, re-election here. I'm very glad he crushed the former rhino who came out of the closet and openly announced he was a Democrat, Charlie Crist. But, um, you know, we're not out of the woods yet here in Florida either. So no question about it. We're just trying to give a little bit of good news that we got. Mike Lee isn't perfect either. Uh, and Donald Trump literally making a big deal out of DeSantis, uh, which I don't really understand uh, how Donald Trump deals with this. On one hand, Donald Trump trashed DeSantis and mocked him with a nickname. Uh, on the other hand, he admitted he voted for DeSantis. So Donald Trump literally almost really making a fool out of himself over this uh, as well. Now, I think it's all for ratings and I think it's all for coverage. Uh, personally, I don't trust either of them. Uh, Larry? Well, that's a, probably a good idea. Donald Trump, uh, early in his administration, played ball with the anti-gunners and voted uh, for the bump stock ban, uh, which was something that uh, was uh, completely unconstitutional and even technically kind of stupid. Um, I think he might have gotten that from his son, who's on the NRA um, uh, insider club, uh, but uh, yeah. whatever uh, we saw there that, uh, as you all have already pointed out, he's not perfect. The thing that I like about Donald Trump is that when he uh, does get on the right track, he will generally stick to it and fight, and he'll fight against the establishment. And I think that's why he's so popular with the There's Republican truth to that base. for sure. Now, Donald's saying, I know more about DeSantis than anybody else barring his wife, and I've got some goods on DeSantis that I'll reveal if he runs. I don't like those veiled strange threats because you know what? There's a lot on the Donald, too. Uh, this is a bloodbath to no, to no value, Alex. Yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned about this, too. Uh, right now, when the Marxists are putting together a united front to destroy our country, to crush us, the Marxists, the globalists, I mean, all the enemies of liberty, of Christianity, of God's people, of our gun rights, of, of our most fundamental freedoms, uh, they are united right now against us. And for conservatives and for Christians and for the liberty community, to be uh, divided like this is, um, I mean, it, it's 
serves the enemy well. We have got to be united. We don't have to agree on every single thing, but the last thing we need in the world right now is for conservatives and people who love America to fracture along, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with Trump, well, I'm with DeSantis, well, I hate you, I hate you. Uh, we need a united front right now to protect our country, and uh, Trump and DeSantis, I mean, DeSantis has been wise to keep his mouth closed and not retaliate here. Amen, but, Trump but we really, really need constitutionalists. Neither of these jokers creating a bloodbath on our side. If you can call it our side of the first place. Final words yours. We're about to a break. Then we got to let you fly, Alex. Final words yours. Anything you want to quickly say? Hey, uh, keep keep in prayer. Read your Bible and get involved. Thank you, sir. Good God work. bless you, Alex Newman. Doing a phenomenal job. Guess who's next? Shall I tell you or surprise you? I'll surprise you. We'll do it in seconds. But it's Sam Bushman, Larry Pratt on your radio right now. And thanks to Alex Newman, JBS.org, TheNewAmerican.com, doing a phenomenal job. Back in seconds on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Midterm election numbers continue to roll in. Republican Corey Mills is projected to win his congressional seat in Florida. He gives credit on Fox News to Governor Ron DeSantis for Republican unity throughout his campaign. Governor DeSantis was really about making sure that the entire state won. He recognized me in many of his speeches, and so I think that you saw a real unity for the conservative red wave here in Florida. Senator Warnock and Republican challenger Walker were locked in a tight race in Georgia this morning as election officials continue to count ballots. The question is whether either contender can win the contest outright or if they head into a December 6th runoff. New York Governor Kathy Hochul became the first woman elected to leave the Empire State after she defeated Republican Representative Lee Zeldin. John Fetterman wins the Pennsylvania Senate seat in a victory over Dr. Mehmet Oz. Control of Congress remains uncertain as of early Wednesday morning, with dozens of House contests still uncalled and five outstanding Senate races. What we know so far, J.D. Vance wins the Ohio Senate race over Democrat Representative Tim Ryan. Democrat Gavin Newsom wins his second term as California governor. Iowa GOP Senator Chuck Grassley wins re-election. GOP's Ted Budd wins North Carolina Senate seat in a close race. Democrat Josh Shapiro is the winner of the Pennsylvania governor's race. DeSantis and Abbott have won their gubernatorial fights in Florida, and Texas, respectively. In other news, Tropical Storm Nicole will cross the Bahamas bound for Florida, strengthening over warm water as it goes. The storm is expected to become a hurricane by the time it reaches the Florida Atlantic coast late Wednesday or early Thursday. Thanks for listening. It is well appreciated. We are USA Radio News. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-568-2790. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems. And if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about 100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. 
Call Term Provider at 800-568-2790. That's 800-568-2790. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-568-2790. All right, it's still Sam Bushman and Larry Pratt in the roundtable. Now we got the good sheriff, Richard Mack, with us. Welcome back, sir. Thank you much, Sam. This horrible Wednesday morning. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it turns out that Brown defeated our candidate, Michael Peruka, as attorney general of the great state of Maryland. Uh, it was about 60-40, sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know, Sam. It, it, uh, I never, I never anticipated that it was going to go very well. Um, uh, I, first of all, it seemed like it was going to be too good to be true to have the Democrats slapped like they deserved it, as I said on your show yesterday. I, I just. I just see the the problem going back to what George Washington warned us about, and that is a two-party system. Because these people that vote, and, and I, I said this example yesterday. Let me use the example again. You have some literally sick guy who's never done anything in his life running around in sweatshirts. Uh, hardly campaign, hardly campaigning at all. And you look at him, and he he looks horrible. Um, at, at Halloween, I compared him to Frankenstein. And you next to this very professional, caring medical doctor who has helped thousands of people across the country. Uh, and you look at those two together, and. You you cannot tell me that somebody wants to vote for that Fetterman guy. You can't tell me that. But because of party loyalties and partisanship, and and the Democrat dogma that they have swallowed and be, become uh, brainwashed brainwashed with, they're going to go vote for anybody. And it just brings up the Mickey Mouse thing. They would vote for Mickey Mouse if it would. Help their cause, and I think and, you're oh, spot on win. that. Well, sheriff, they we virtually, but they virtually voted for a dead man. This guy is very ill. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and, so the response so, that I have headline wise is red wave, not, not correct. And we're still praying that uh, Carrie Lake's going to pull it out in in Arizona, and it looks like she is. I said last night that it's going to change, and it just changed in her favor a few minutes ago, but she's only up about a half a point. But there's still about 30% to, to count, and, and I think she's going to win. And, and that begs the question if my good friend Mark Fincham is going to win Secretary of State. That one looks 50-50, maybe doubtful. Um, I think that... Um, uh, Abe Hamada is going to win uh, the attorney general. So if we can get both of them, Kerry and him in there, that would be huge. But they're voting. The Democrats here, again, are voting for a, a crook, a guy who's had trouble with the law, who was the county recorder for Maricopa County when they had the worst 
most incompetent election in the history of Maricopa County. And he was uh, censored by the Democrat Party and just about every public official across the state and in Maricopa County. So yeah, let me get do? your comment course, on this, Sheriff. for Secretary of State. In relation and, to this, and, let me get your, your take on this. So listener Blaze, who you know well, yeah. said this, quote, it is hard to free fools from the chains they revere. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. And the two-party system, as Washington warned us about, is coming to fruition. And somehow we've got to get out of this because, uh, as you all know, as you both know, the Republicans, 90% of the time, aren't much better than the Democrats. It's just who can win and who will win. And they don't care what you stand for or what you do. They're just going to keep voting their team into office. And and Blaze is absolutely correct. All right. Can you explain Donald Trump to me, Sheriff Mack? Listen to this. Donald confirmed that he voted for Governor Ron DeSantis, but in the same breath, Trump threatens to reveal unflattering information about DeSantis if he runs. He claims, I know more about DeSantis than anybody, maybe not counting his wife, but if he runs, I plan to release some information on what on earth is Donald doing? The guy's a nutcase, man. Everything that comes out of his mouth is duplicitous. It's insane. On one hand, I like a lot of what Donald Trump's done, but when he does that kind of stuff, I'm not here to defend DeSantis either necessarily. My point there was how do you vote for the guy and then say, hey, if you try to go further in your career and run against me or whatever, I'll just release all kinds of bad goods on you or what? I'm just saying, what are we doing, Sheriff? Well, I've, uh, you and I, Sam, have asked that same question about Trump. What is he doing? Why does he always have to fight? And, and he's just he's, – his ego is way too much into that. If he would learn from his uh, mistakes, which he never does, if he would learn from his mistakes as uh, a politician and a campaigner, that you know it's okay to be friendly, not just to the people who are supporting you, but sometimes to people who don't like you. But he can't do that, and his ego won't let him do that. And even though lots of people around him tell him to do it, he still can't do it. And it's the main thing that I have a problem with him about. And he, of course, he's already campaigning. Of course, he's running. People were wondering if he was going to run again. That was that was balderdash. I told you all along. Of course, he's running. He's already getting ready to run. And and so and going after DeSantis and calling him uh, uh, Governor uh, Santamonius uh, and and stuff the like that even before yeah. the election. I mean, that's crazy. And 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 Trump doesn't. He needs to understand that people like you and me and Larry that would more than likely like to see him back in because his policies were 10 times better than what we have. He still turns me off with this kind of behavior. And, I'm going to ask Larry Pratt this question because I think this relates. To, uh, it seems like when Trump gets in a room uh, with his words, he comparatively is just like waving a gun around. Waving a load of gun around Every, everywhere you're in the room before you know it's like he's putting it you, he's putting it me. It's like everybody's running around going, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, what? Put the, stop, put that thing down. Point, wait, hey, quit. Right? I mean, the guy's a nut, Larry. <laughs> the, the culture of New York is uh, rather distinctive and different from a good deal of the rest of the country. And my wife and I, decades ago, were in New York City and we were looking for some sheet music. And we walked into this store 
the clerk eventually looked up. Nobody else was in the store. And he looked at us and said, what do you just want? <laughs> when I heard that, I thought, I think I want to go home. <laughs> and, you know, as I thought about it later on, that was probably uh, that New York guys, uh, uh, Queen, Brooklyn, wherever we were, uh, saying, uh, welcome, glad to see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, and that's uh, good how Trump point. It sounds like English, but it says something in a, such a different way that most of the rest of us don't completely understand it. <laughs> Amen to that. So, Sheriff, what's your summation here? If you could say anything you want right before we let you fly. We know you've only got a couple of minutes with us. What do you want to say about the election in totality? Uh, I, I think it shows uh, exactly what Blaze was saying. I think it shows the ignorance of the American people that anybody would choose to support what Biden has been doing to support. We don't want 87,000 more uh, IRS agents. We want a hundred thousand. We want more inflation. We want more deficit spending. We want more um, debt and uh, problems with China and, and uh, the border and the fentanyl and all of these horrible things going on, the treason committed by this horrible administration and people endorse it. And that's what really bothers me the most. They can't see all these horrible things going on every time they go to their grocery store and go get gas. And they think they're going to put that they need to put the party ahead of all of this and our country and our children and our schools. It was and, a red wave, not. Do you think the Republicans no. are shocked? They thought they were going to clean up, man, and it didn't happen. Are they shocked, do you think? They, they, you know, they still could barely get the Senate, and they, they're, they're, I'm sure they're going to get the House. But this was no red wave, and the President Biden, whoever, whatever his title really is, because he's not really the President, he he's going to take this, and the White House is going to take this as momentum, and they're going to just keep doing all this crap. I hope that the Republican Congress or House of Representatives will do something uh, to get the IRS off our off our backs. But they've had the chance before, and they've never done it. So my I'm response sure is the Republicans that are conservative, like you and I, are in shock. No doubt about it. They thought there'd be a red yeah. wave. But I don't believe the deep state is in shock at all. I think they're delighted. And I think they manipulated this to happen. And I think yes. they've done a few things, which we'll talk about in the next segment, to make you not give them the blame for their deep state manipulation this time. And they're getting wiser at how they commit election fraud, just my opinion to which I'm entitled. Thank you, Sheriff Mack. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Roger that. You, Sam Bushman and Larry Pratt in seconds on your radio. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. 
I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I believe they're still committing election fraud, voter fraud. They've still got the election integrity problems. I, you know, they, they want to say it's not true. They want to say we have no evidence, but I think we have plenty of evidence, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to bring up a couple of tidbits to highlight this. A lot of people are wondering, are the Republicans in shock? And I think a lot of the conservative Republicans are in shock because they had a lot of high hopes for this thing, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm convinced that there are some details that you need to be aware of and that you should know. All right. The deep state, ladies and gentlemen, is not shocked. This is per their plan. Let me tell you what the deep state and the media have done together to kind of make my point on this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The deep state wants to normalize long delays in vote counting. So instead of getting egg on their face like last election and uh, realizing their candidates are going to lose, uh, what they uh, last time they basically halted the elections and then they, uh, you know, made their shenanigans happen and then they everybody woke up and it was different everybody freaked now what they're saying is look hey because of mail-in balloting because of this because of that because we've got delays um you know and so last night they didn't even really announce winners hardly they're very cautious and when the public would beg the news for media or the news for information they'd be like hold on cnn and all these people in bed doing this with the politicians in the white house and everybody else hold on there's going to be delays we don't want to jump the gun we don't want to announce results till every vote is counted. So in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, the deep state wants to normalize long delays in vote counting. That's another way they're going to have time to cheat, but it not be under scrutiny like last time, Larry. I uh, think that we could learn something from the French. Yeah, I said that. Uh, they gave up on all these uh, various forms of voting and have gone back to in their last election uh, and maybe before that all paper ballots so if something fishy happens you've got a paper trail if the paper disappeared that's part of the paper trail Um, i mentioned my wife's experience you could see it you can't see what goes on 
inside of an electronic voting machine. And that, I think, is something that we are going to have to make a, a, as a paramount issue because all the other things that uh, drove us into the political arena, being at, being at the defense of life, uh, the Second Amendment, or so many other uh, important issues, they ain't worth nothing if the elections can be stolen. And I think we've seen them steal in plain sight. It, it kind of reminds me of the uh, New York gangster who said, who, who do you believe, me or you lion eyes? <laughs> well, uh, I certainly think uh, my <laughs> lion eyes saw the truth. <laughs> Amen. So here's the deal. Republicans, I don't believe they're in shock. I really don't. Not the deep state ones. They're not in shock. Okay. Just hours after the polls opened in Houston, tabulation machines began malfunctioning. Delays in Houston, Texas, pl- prompt questions and concerns. The next headline, just hour, hours after polls opened, tabulation machines began malfunctioning in Arizona's Maricopa County, up to 20% of machines. The Republicans sued and said, let's delay the um, elections. Let's keep them open a little bit longer because of this. And the judge said no. And then, I guess in, uh, uh, let's see, Musser County, New Jersey, uh, according to county officials, they were having issues with the voting machines as well. So we're having voting machine problems all over. We're having delays. We're having, uh, you know, the machines that tabulate, you know, problems, 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 problems. And all they say is, don't worry, there'll be delays. We'll get it right. Just uh, leave us alone. Leave us behind closed doors. We're not really going to let the media talk about it. No one's going to get, and we're going to come out with the answers. That's of greater concern to me than announcing uh, early and and misannouncing and everything else, because you kind of wonder what all happened in those quiet moments where everybody knows nothing. Larry? We need to fire the election machine salesmen manufacturers uh, and the politicians that insist on using those machines, they should all be fired. And we need to insist as a first issue, second issue, third issue, etc. The machine's got to go. Only paper ballots uh, will be accepted. On oh, And another thing, uh, unless somebody is uh, necessarily on business uh, out of state, they should have to vote on election day. That, I think, is where we've given up a lot of ground and given them the time to fiddle with the election outcomes through the machines. Uh, yeah, we got to have very important voters vote in person, VIPs. you got to vote on the day. We cannot have this mail-in balloting. We've also got to get rid of the ERIC system that's designed to literally manipulate voter rolls uh, in secret where you can't get any information. we got to get out of ERIC. But the Republicans, they say, are on the verge of winning the House majority. They say Pelosi on track to be removed as Speaker. Bob under WND.com. And then the next headline says, McCarthy declares GOP victory in House, but Pelosi not conceding yet. Why wouldn't she concede yet? Is she suggesting there's a little bit of a hanky-panky going on there, Larry? Well, I think she might be doing it uh, <laughs> as a as a team coach and to encourage those that are still trying to figure out how to fix the election, fix in terms of steal it. And that, I think, is what Nancy Pelosi is likely up to. 
she is a long time crook. Uh, her daddy uh, learned how to be a political crook in Maryland, in Baltimore, which is uh, a pretty well seasoned place for stealing elections. And daughter uh, Nancy uh, was able to flourish with that background in the city of San Francisco, where an honest man can go to jail uh, for being honest. <laughs> so we we, uh, we really need to make election integrity, paper ballots. Uh, we need to make that issue number one and two and three and four. Uh, show an ID. Uh, I offered to show an ID where I voted yesterday in North Carolina. Well, we don't want to see it. <laughs> so wow. Anybody could have voted for me. Now, happily, nobody had voted my name before I got there. Uh, but uh, Well, they might have. Happened. Well, at least they didn't tell me I'd already voted. So, yeah, they uh, might have just they might have just taken two ballots for you. You can vote early and vote often these days. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know so that's, that's kinda... a, I hadn't thought of that. That's the, <laughs> the Chicago system uh, metastasized. Well, and you're so. a special guy. You're Larry Pratt of all people. You know. Um, yeah, so right. here's the question. Yeah. I want I want to know what's going to happen with the uh, de- uh, Republicans controlling the House because they are likely to win the House. But there's a real question: Will the Dems lose the Senate, or do you think they'll keep it? Well, and even if the Republicans have the House, they're going to have much more of a backbone. They're going to need to have more of a backbone than Kevin McCarthy. Nice guy, but uh, he's not really a fighter. And unless there's a a flame lit underneath him uh, to impel him as a matter of political survival to start fighting and to use the authority and the power and the perks that he has or that he's likely to have as the new speaker of the house uh, we're not going to see much change he has to lead the way he has to start slugging democrats when they say that they want to do something or we're going to call you a racist he needs to call them out it's, the democrat party is the party of racism the P- democrat party was the party of slavery of jim crow of segregation uh, this is a party that has not renounced that. They still are a party of controlling people. Uh, they may not be able to have a slave master on a cotton plantation, but they sure control people pretty well. And we've got to bust their chops. There's no question that's true. Uh, Kevin McCarthy likely will be speaker. Uh, and I'm guessing that Republicans, uh, if they get the House it'll or the Senate, it will be barely. Uh, they thought they might get a lot of support in the House. They're barely going to control the House, too. If they get the Senate, it will be barely. And with such slim majorities, sadly, here's what I see from the Republicans. They're going to say, hey, we can't get too rowdy. Uh, now that we've got such slim majorities, we've got to be kind of mellow and go along to get along and work across the aisle and this and that. And, and let's just do the moderate thing. For example, the Senate didn't even really have a plan. And what you're saying uh, they didn't really is, have anything on record that they were going to accomplish. And so with the House having kind of a dismal record, with Kevin McCarthy being the feckless leader, if you will, uh, then barely yeah. having control of either chamber and stuff like that, if the Democrat, or I mean, if the Republicans are not very careful, they will squander that lead and lose it again in 24 if they're not very careful, sir. I, I think you're absolutely on target. Had the Republicans been uh, slugging it out, had they been voting to cut money uh, from budgets and therefore cutting 
whole programs. We talked earlier about uh, the need to eliminate funding for the FBI. Uh, unless they're willing to even have their committee chairman and some of the leading spokesmen of the Republican Party in the House talk about those kinds of necessary changes, people are going to look at, oh, we had an election. It doesn't really seem like much has changed. Uh, business as usual. Very, uh, very interesting and scary. I'm afraid that, again, we're going to see the same thing. We're going to see the deep state on the Republican side control everything, lock everything down at the, quote, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, the committee level or the, the control of what actually even gets considered for legislative um, yes. action, et cetera. Uh, things are going to be held up in committee. What you're going to have is two or three feckless folks at the Republican leadership shutting down the whole show. And if they have that happen, uh, what the American people will say is, hey, you know what? I don't like a lot of what the Democrats do, but at least they're the party of action. Now, it might be destructive action, uh, but it's better than just running around pretending you've got a plan and you don't or pretending you'll do something and you won't. Larry? Too often, the only times we see a Republican leader fight is when he's fighting to shut off uh, a Lauren Boebert or uh, a Josh Hawley in the Senate or something like that where they just think it's so impolite to call our Democrat uh, colleagues what they are, a bunch of thieves, a bunch of totalitarians, uh, at least wannabes. And if we don't vote to stop them, if we don't uh, speak up to call them out, to alert the voters and the American people, this is what faces us, these are the dangers in front of us, then no, I don't think we're going to see much change. Amen to that. All right, we're about out of time, Larry Pratt. What's your final word on on the elections, on what happened? Uh, you know, they thought it was going to be a red wave. Not. They thought they were going to really clean house. They didn't. They're barely going to get the house if they're lucky. Uh, then the Senate, it's still up in the air. I mean, uh, you know, what do you say? Final word. Well, it was a battle. It wasn't the end of the war. There's a whole lot left to be done. And a whole lot of work to do in alerting the American people. That's why the new media taking center stage is so vital. Larry Pratt, God bless you. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon, sir. Thank you so much, Sam. Appreciate what you're doing. For Alex Newman, Larry Pratt, Richard Mack, and Sam Bushman, our one's in the can. Our two coming up with another surprise guest on your favorite hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use talk show. LovingLiberty.net. We declare this nation shall endure, and God save the Republic of the United States of America. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. It is indeed November 9th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That's our guide, the checks and balances. 
brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. We need to use that modern times to chain down bureaucrats. That's for sure. God, family, and country, life, liberty, and property. That's what it's all about. We had an incredible first hour post-election results. We had on Alex Newman. We had on Larry Pratt. We had on Richard Mack. That was first hour. Red Wave, not. Should journalists ever be forced to disclose the identity of their sources? We asked that question because it relates to the elections. We also talked about Florida fighting back against Biden's election monitors, saying, look, it's against the law for you guys to come into our state. We're not letting you do it. The only one to push back about that is Ron DeSantis. Good for him. Shame on everybody else for letting the feds come in and, uh, what, manipulate the elections? They call it monitor. Uh, Only about 50% of Christians are registered to vote, and only about 50% of those actually go to the polls. So you've got 25% of Christians voting, 75% sitting on the sidelines. No wonder we're in the trouble we're in. Uh, Listener Blaze emailed me a comment that said this. It is hard to free fools from the chains they revere. Uh, Senator Mike Lee won in Utah. That is good news. Ron DeSantis and Marco Rubio both won. That's good news for the most part. I'm not a fan of Rubio, really. I'm only half of a fan of DeSantis. Donald, though, confirmed he voted for Governor Ron DeSantis. But then in the same breath, Trump threatens to reveal unflattering information about DeSantis if he runs. I know a lot on Ron, he says. Um, Not counting his wife, I probably know more than anybody else. What a veiled threat. Again, Donald, shame on you. On one hand, you vote for him. On the other hand, you tell me there's a bunch of, you know, stuff you know on it. What game are you playing, sir? Quit dividing our side and causing trouble. Uh, You know what? The more Donald, uh, you know, speaks out in politics, the worse it seems to get. The more he's involved, the worse uh, he seems, uh, in my opinion. Now, I'm not here to defend Ron DeSantis because I think DeSantis does have some skeletons, too. But I will say this. What a shame. Sadly, Mr. Brown defeated Michael Prutka in Maryland. We're sad to see that. It was a 60-40 split. Are Republicans in shock, you ask? I think some concerned Republicans uh, are, but the deep state, not. They expected this, folks. After the polls opened, tabulation machines in Arizona, 20% of them had problems. Republicans sued to try to have the polls stay open later. The judge said no. Wow. So you got voting machine problems in New Jersey. You got delays in Houston. You've got literally machines not working and tabulators not working. There's concerns and questions. Uh, now the deep state wants to normalize long delays in counting. Uh, Republicans are on the verge of winning the House. Some say that they've already got it. That's what McCarthy says. Will the Dems lose the Senate? Time will tell. That's a summary of last hour. Uh, but I wanted to highlight all that because if you are just jumping into the broadcast you got to know all that now i believe the uh, deep state is committing vote fraud just like they have been in previous elections but what they used to do is lead with the media to help manipulate the results they've learned that's just disaster and we catch them at it and so last time in 2020 they literally realized they were going to lose so they had everybody go to bed they quit counting and then when we woke up it all changed this time they got a wiser plan Hey, we're going to report it only after the last vote comes in we don't want to jump the gun here we want every vote to count da 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 and the media helping by remaining silent and not calling anything, going, hey, we're just waiting for the, the results from the election uh, integrity, folks. And from the, we want to get this right. We want But in that dearth of delay and silence, is that where the fraud's being committed? And once they got their fraud solid, they released it all? I don't know, but it sure looks like that to me. 
with that, James Edwards jumping into Liberty Roundtable Live. Welcome, sir, and what's your take, brother? Well, Sam, I was up late watching it, as so many people were, up till about 2 a.m. My take is that, of course, and this isn't an uh, unusual take this morning, that the Republicans underperformed based upon conventional wisdom as to how they should have performed in a midterm election and based upon the polling results, the so-called polling results. I think polling is dead after this election. Uh, they were talking about that on Fox News. You don't have the landline polls anymore. It's a weird way that they go about doing this. And the polls were wrong on both sides, I, I, I should say, both both sides. Um, at the same time, though, I am not uh, completely upset this morning uh, for a couple of reasons. I had a much greater desire to see the Democrats lose than I did to see the Republicans win. I certainly enjoyed watching their wailing and gnashing of teeth after Hillary was destroyed back in 2016. That was a euphoric rush of happiness that it, it brought me. And, and uh, more than the Republicans deserving to win, I wanted to see the Democrats be punished for their godlessness, for their anti-Americanism, for their promotion of child murder and child genital mutilation and antichrist and all of these things that they are. And uh, it didn't really happen. However, if your hope is in the GOP, you're still in play. Uh, I, I will say this. I did want the Democrats to lose. Tennessee is a blood red state. There were no competitive races in Tennessee, so that freed me to vote my conscience. I actually did not vote for a Republican or a Democrat yesterday. I voted uh, independent for Congress and governor, and um, I voted on some ballot referendums, and I voted in my local you know, town alderman races and things like that. Uh, had it been more competitive, you know, maybe I would have taken a different path, but for the record, I didn't vote for either of the major parties, and I, you know, obviously deservingly so. Uh, but the Republicans can still, they are expected to still take the House, and there's a chance that they could still win the Senate. So I think. And now McCarthy claims they already got the House. So I think that's pretty much a done deal. I think so, too. But here's the thing. I mean, you know, for goodness sake, I voted on Election Day. I savor my vote. I like to cast it on Election Day. You know, imagine that. Early voting for a month is a joke. And these mail-in ballots, you know, you want to talk about a true threat to democracy. The Democrats say that conservatives are a threat to democracy, even though people voting for conservatives. I mean, what is that if not democracy, as they call it? But this this whole thing of a month of mail-in, uh, excuse me, a month of early voting plus the mail-in balloting, mail-in balloting should be outlawed for everyone except for those who are severely ill and legitimately have a doctor's note saying that they can't be transported to a poll or if you're living abroad or, you know, serving in the armed forces or something like that. Who in the hell can't find time to vote in person when they give you weeks, literally weeks to vote early, not even counting Election Day? So, uh, but if you are a Republican... 24 hours ago, you didn't have control of the Senate, you didn't have control of the House, and you had Joe Biden as president. Now you are going to take control of the House. Now, based upon your expectations, what they may have been a couple of days ago, you're expecting to take the House by a much wider margin, but you're still going to take the House. And there is a plausible path that you take the Senate. Now, what I don't understand is this, though, Sam. The state of Florida, in big night for Ron DeSantis. I'm going to spend an hour on what happened in Florida and why that wasn't replicated in other places that the GOP competed in on Saturday night, along with other who, what, where, when, and why, three hours of comprehensive election fallout. But the state of Florida is the third largest state in 
the country, the third most populated state behind only New York and California. It is more populous than Texas. And the state of Florida, mail-in ballots and all, are able to have an accounting of 100% of their votes within two hours after an election. Two hours after an election. They've got it in. They did it in 2020. They did it uh, again last night. Now, why in the hell cannot Arizona and Nevada, both states are not even in the top 10 in terms of uh, population size, why can't they get in their ballots? Because they're, once again, as was the case two years ago in the presidential election, they're the ones holding up uh, us knowing what the balance of power is. So still, though, uh, and I guess you're going to get some more votes tonight. I mean, I do not understand that. What could that possibly be if not... Uh, a fertile ground for fraud. I can't say that it is definitely fraud, but what I can say is if the third most populated state in the country, Florida, can get all their votes counted in two hours, why can't a small state like Nevada? Why can't Arizona? And Arizona's having all kinds of irregularities. After all of the scrutiny they got two years ago, all these... of these machines in Republican areas in Maricopa County suddenly don't work. I mean, that's weird. But here's the thing. The Republicans can still take the Senate. I believe right now you have the Republican nominee for senator in Nevada winning by a scant margin. What's still outstanding? Those mail-in ballots, don't you know? Are they being manufactured as we speak? Who's to say? And in Arizona, it looks a little less likely that Blake Masters is going to be able to win, but he's still not completely counted out. But if one of those two states go Republican, and if somehow Herschel Walker can win the what's going to be a runoff in Georgia next month, again, deja vu, then the Republicans can still take the Senate. Uh, on the other hand, so they can still take both houses. And I think if you if you compare that to where you were a week ago, that's that's a great advancement, even if you underperform. That's another thing, though, Sam, I got to say. The midterm elections normally favor the party that does not hold the White House. So that would have been the Republicans. And you add to that a year in which the last two years really but still to this day americans have suffered historic inflation historic inflation and a crime rave not seen in decades all of that is what was playing in the republicans hands in terms of the predictions right but i think what you have now is after last night's result and let's just discount voter fraud for a moment and, and pretend that these could be legitimate results what, what does that tell us it tells us that the red states got redder and the blue states got bluer. There is more polarization. Oh, that's, exact, that's exactly what my next point was going to be to have you talk about that because the divide has just increased that's big right. time. Sam, that's exactly right. That's a point I certainly wanted to make in uh, what little time we have today on the program. I want to thank you again for having me on again. Full three hours of opinion analysis fallout on my program, uh, The Political Cesspool, this Saturday night. But that, that's the thing. That, that's the big takeaway that I took last night is that this, uh, you know, this idea, and you really haven't seen it in uh, years now, that there's going to be a wave or a tsunami or one party's going to get routed. That really hasn't happened in about a decade. It was the last time you just saw a widespread sweep or change i think what you've got now is just a pitched battle you've got trench warfare and while the republicans certainly should have done much better last night based upon the fact that they weren't in power based upon the fact that the inflation the crime the outlandish stuff the democratic party is is uh advocating with regards to transgenderism and uh 
abortion, you know, all of the stuff that they stand for, the Republicans should have done better. Why didn't they? Uh, because the country is so polarized. This is what the Democrats voted for. That's the thing. I mean, they voted for the inflation. They want the crime. They, this is who they are. So you couldn't embarrass them. There is so much hatred and contempt between the two sides that no matter how bad it gets, the, the Democrats in this case will take it in order to spite the Republicans. There is no way to bring them back in the fold. Red states got redder. Blue states got bluer. Uh, polarization increased last night. And I think, you know, this is interesting because as well as DeSantis did and as, 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 uh, as much as the GOP underperformed outside of Florida, you know, that's going to be interesting to see what that does with Trump. I think Trump will still announce, of course, because Trump is Trump. And I think it would be in the best interest of the Republican Party uh, for DeSantis to be the nominee. However, Trump running again would raise the political stress level and create additional instability. And quite frankly, Sam, I prefer that. I, I, I think that this whole thing is going to have to come apart at some level. There is no putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. There will never be a United States again. The sides are too far apart on too many fundamental issues. I mean, we're not talking about tax percentages. We're talking about are boys boys and girls girls? Is, you know, should this be a Christian nation? Should we murder our kids? Wild climate. I mean, there's just, you name the issue, these are serious issues, and the gulf is massive. And so, for me, like you said, I'm a half a fan of DeSantis. Each, I would. Each group is going to take their red or bluer, red or red or blue or bluer, as a mandate going forward. And that's yes. going to really uh, drive the wedge much deeper. Uh, I don't know that I like it, but I see it happening. Now, there's some interesting tidbits that I want to get to before the end of the hour that I think is really uh, interesting. It looks like the View co-host, Sunny uh, Hostin, I guess she said on Tuesday's panel that she filled out her son's absentee ballot. Now, that's a debate on if it's illegal. In some states it is. In some states it's not to help somebody. But absentee ballot, mom filling it out. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. It gets further and further away from what <laughs> I would call a very important voter, which is vote in person. Uh, we're getting further and further from that, and they're literally blatantly admitting on TV, oh, yeah, I filled out somebody else's ballot. It's just very, very strange. James? Well, I mean, it's no stranger. That is interesting. You know, I, I took my kids to the polls last night and uh, let them see what the process was all about. And we waited in line together and they watched me, you know, go into the booth and cast my vote. And it was fun to be a part of that. But, they, you know, they didn't vote for me and I didn't vote for them. So, you know, what you're saying is interesting. But it's, you know, it, nothing. There's anything goes now, Sam. Listen, I, I am not mocking this guy. Uh, it's a terrible thing. It's sad. I, I wish him grace, and I wouldn't want it to be me or anybody that I love or know. But the new, the newly uh, elected senator in Pennsylvania, Fetter, uh, Fetterman, I mean, this guy is, he has suffered a severe stroke. He's obviously brain damaged. It, 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 not in the Biden way, where obviously Biden is slipping mentally. He's old. He's you know, almost certainly going into some level of senility, but Fetterman is, is, is flat out brain damaged and uh, he's going to be, he, he can barely speak coherently. This is the thing. And, and they elected him. And so that just goes to show that there is the, the partisan divide is so wide 
there's nothing that's going to bring either side to reason with one another. And I don't think that they can. And I, you know, as a as a conservative, I, I I I can't find common ground with what the left has become today. So I I would probably vote for a re, you know a retarded conservative. You know, to to use the word. I don't know what other word to use. I, I, I mentally impaired conservative over over a, a known leftist myself. But I'm just saying that's where we are now in America. No question, it is insane. Um, I don't even know how to respond to a lot of this stuff because I don't know where we go. I don't have confidence, James, that the Republicans will do anything with the wins they've got of value. Okay, the reason I say that is there's a lot of deep state Republicans. There's a lot of Republicans that reach across the aisle. That's how Joe has managed to even get done what he's done in terms of increased spending and everything else. The Democrats have been really aided by the Republicans in their agenda. So now that we get a slight majority in the House and maybe or maybe not the Senate, either way, our majority will be so slim if they don't take action. Look, the Democrats don't don't have a plan except for destroy america and, and follow socialist principles the republicans though on the house they claim they had a plan under mccarthy which is weak but under the senate they didn't even tell you what they would do if they got control so really the republicans the point is have no plan they have no agenda if it comes down to abortion they say they're for it until they get a chance to do something about it and then they run uh, same thing with lowering taxes same thing with and we go on and on nothing changes and I don't expect it to now, and if they're not very careful, their weak stance will betray them in 24, James. Well, at a, at a party leadership level, you're right. Uh, but interestingly, and they did run some weak candidates. I mean, Dr. Oz is weak. Herschel Walker is weak. You know, J.D. Vance won his Senate seat uh, in his state and the weak candidates, the weaker candidates of the Republicans lost. DeSantis went from winning by 0.5 percentage of the vote to 20. Okay, so there are some templates there that the Republicans should be emulating in their nominations, but they uh, they nominated poorly in a couple of these states, and um, you know they weren't able to seal the deal there. But I this is one thing that's interesting, Sam, is that by winning the House narrowly instead of by a wider margin. Uh, the truly conservative or constitutionalist or populist or nationalist wing of the GOP that does exist now, whereas it did not exist 10 years ago, you know, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia and Paul Gozer in Arizona and some others of that uh, type of mindset, which, you know, I fundamentally That's where the red agree gets redder. with. That's the red getting redder. They, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene will have more power the truly conservative constitutionalist pro god uh, uh faction in the GOP will have more power with a narrow margin of victory in the house than they would have had Kevin McCarthy uh, had a five yeah, or six engineered seat a sweep. gain yes Be yeah if 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 the republicans had won bigger and taken more house seats the old guard like Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell would not have to deal with Marjorie Taylor Greene as much. But if they have a one or two seat margin, they're going to have to count on her to vote with them. And she could withhold votes unless they put forth some of that agenda. So I think Amen in a way, that. in a way, the our side might be a little better off with a narrow victory in the House uh, as opposed to yes. a, a little bit of a wider and margin. Gonna now, see, you're going to see the divide in the red and you're going to see the divide in the blue, the radicals. Uh, if you will, 
the hard left, hard right versus the, quote, center folks uh, in both cases. Really, it'll expose the deep state against the rest of us. But I got to get this in before we let you fly at the bottom of the hour. I have an incredible guest coming up next half hour, by the way. But in the meantime, Sarah Huckabee Sanders won her race against Chris Jones, according to multiple election forecasters. What do you say to that? I saw that, Sam. That was one of the first results that they announced last night. I mean, she ran uh, really not a, a competitive. She wasn't running in a competitive race. It's sort of like Tennessee where, you know, she was a shoe in I like that. I mean, as far as it goes, I mean, you know, Sam Bushman wasn't on the ballot. So between Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders uh-huh. and her opponent, that's there's right. just no doubt about it. I mean, that's the easy choice to make. Uh, so that, that's uh, all in all probably a, a moderately good thing. Um, I was happy to see it. I, I, I want to say one more thing before uh, before you let me go, and that is that what what happens here with the House and the Senate, it, it does make a difference. Now, again, I didn't vote for a Republican or a Democrat because Tennessee was going to go red either way. Uh, had it been more competitive, I would have voted Republican over Democrat. And I, I, I want the Republicans to win, but again, not so much as I want the geo, uh, the excuse me, the Democrats to lose. But it does make a difference if the Democrats somehow did hold the House and Senate, then they would nuke the filibuster, and without the filibuster, all sorts of awful things can be passed by a simple majority vote, like massive amnesty, um, stacking the Supreme Court, uh, starting more wars like the one that they've done with Russia. I mean, it's just going to be terrible. In contrast, though. If the Republicans win the House narrowly, Joe Biden, and that's what they're projected to do right now. I mean, again, the mail-in ballots are still being manufactured as we speak, so we'll see how many they can get in there. But if the Republicans win the House narrowly, Joe Biden's going to become a lame duck uh, for the next two years. And people like Marjorie Taylor Greene will have much more leverage to block aid uh, or to block things and to also get uh, some of her agenda perhaps passed because the slim majority of the House Republicans will have to rely on her faction to get things done. And the filibuster will also remain intact. So uh, Republicans might not deserve to win. The Democrats certainly deserve to lose. And between the two, we need the Republicans to take the House, for sure, if not the Senate as well. Will they get to the bottom of January 6th in a meaningful way? In other words, um, hey, the government was really in bed with uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter and everybody else. They were literally attacking and creating this. Yeah, see, this, uh, that's a good question. Fake uh, uh, Donald Trump lead of an insurrection idea. Will they jettison the January 6th um, panel that's happening now or whatever you want to say, inquiry, and then will they really get to the bottom of it in a meaningful way, or will they just, you know, waffle on that as well? I, I hope so, but if past is prologue, you know, you can always expect them to do as little as possible. Had they come, had they gotten a bigger mandate, I've been saying, you know, it's probably good that they didn't get a huge one because it gives – the conservative faction a little more power in in deal making uh, but if they had gotten a little bit more margin perhaps they would have gone hammer and tong and, and done the things that they had talked about doing like impeaching merrick garland and and, and and shutting down the the ridiculous droning of the january 6th committee maybe they'll still do that even with the slimmest of margins i mean they certainly could uh we'll just have to see but they'd have to get you know every vote if it's a one vote majority they gotta keep everybody well, all 219 the of them in line. they always shoot themselves in the foot because they always dissent whether it's good or bad they have their dissenters that just shut us down over and that's over right. and over and over again that's right you know we'll donald see trump, i mean yeah, yeah. donald trump with his rhetoric attacking everybody around him all the time voting for DeSantis and then attacking him in the same breath. Donald Trump reminds me of a psycho, psycho person running in the, in, into a room full of people with a gun and just waving it all around and pointing it at everybody. And it's like everybody's just running and ducking and, oh, my gosh, and, and he's just running around waving this gun. Verbally, it's almost like what he's doing. I don't know what on earth is on his mind. Uh, well, 
I guess Trump is Trump. You know, what else can we say? Uh, and he is, you know, listen, inadvertently or on purpose, uh, it, Trump has done a lot of good in terms of getting Roe versus Wade overturned and, and hastening the arrival of people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. So take the bitter with right. the better with a guy like that. Saturday night, thepoliticalcesspool.org, live radio. It's incredible. It's on demand as well. Thank you, James Edwards. Liberty Roundtable Live in seconds. Our next guest is tremendous. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The tallies from the midterm elections continue in America. Here's where we stand in the Pennsylvania senatorial race. John Fetterman, the winner over Dr. Mehmet Oz. Every county, every vote. And that's exactly what happened. We jammed them up. We held the line. I never expected that we were going to turn these red counties blue, but we did what we needed to do. Republican J.D. Vance wins the Senate race in Ohio. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp retains his seat in the Peach State, and yes, Stacey Abrams did concede overnight. Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be the next governor of Arkansas. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida and Greg Abbott in Texas will continue in their roles. You know, over these past four years... We've seen major challenges for the people of our state, for the citizens of the United States, and above all, for the cause of freedom. We saw freedom in our very way of life, and so many other jurisdictions in this country wither on the vine. Florida held the line. Democrat Kathy Hochul will stay governor of New York, and Mike Lee wins the senatorial race in Utah as does Marco Rubio in Florida. Democrat Gavin Newsom wins a second term as California governor. In other news, Tropical Storm Nicole has intensified and was very close to hurricane strength while headed for the northwest part of the Bahamas overnight. The storm is expected to become a hurricane today. Be prepared for storm surges and evacuation in Florida's south along the Atlantic coast. More election results as they become official. And thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-568-2790. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems, and if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about 100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider at 800-568-2790. That's 800-568-2790. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-568-2790. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, our next surprise guest, Catherine Engelbrecht, president of True the Vote, ladies and gentlemen, truethevote.org. God bless her for her stance. 
and thank heavens you're released. Welcome, Catherine. Hey, Sam. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the imprisonment. I believe that was election tampering as well. Uh, even though we know Eugene Yu uh, got arrested, as you guys predicted and said that it was criminal, the New York Times mocked us on Monday for it. On Tuesday, they had to admit we were right. Then they arrested you guys right before the election. I submit to you that was a politically motivated. Uh, what do you say to uh, this? No doubt. <clears throat> I, I completely agree. We were um, political prisoners, I believe. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a shocking thing to see, and I'm glad that I'm on the other side of it to tell the tale. But uh, uh, the, 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 the failures along the way that led to that moment are, are – are etched things in my mind and uh, not quickly forgotten, uh, and will be a, will be a, in a, uh, inform the fight moving forward into 2024 for sure. So let me ask you this question because uh, this is one thing where the FBI kind of goes against us in private. Uh, we announce it. It's another thing for literally the judges that are not supposed to be political at all for them to literally use their power to demand you deliver a source. There's no reason you should do that. A journalist should not be forced to give up their sources. The repercussions of that idea is chilling. Uh, and, and the criminal activity in trying to force that, look, these people need to be transparent and accountable. That judge needs to be impeached, Catherine. Well, I, I mean, the other, the other piece to this is, and it's an important one, um, but, well, I, honestly, I, I need to also say, we, we couldn't take the position that, you know, we were protecting the sources as journalists because we really weren't recognized as media in that way, nor did we try to mount that defense. But, but what we did say was the, the, the air quotes person, the informant that we were protecting, we were protecting for, for, for their own safety, but they were immaterial to the, to the case or to the requirements of the temporary restraining order. The temporary restraining order was, was what was in question. And, and, you know, the whole thing was based on this, this sort of twisted falsehood. It, it was it was very difficult to even find a find a path to explain to the court what, what was being charged. It was just blatantly was not true from the straight out of the blocks. I mean, what was being asked of us, we we couldn't provide because we didn't have what they said we did. But but regardless, this 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 last minute sort of. Um, final ditch attempt to get us to name somebody that was immaterial only uh, to, to you know, further engage in the politics of personal destruction where they would put that person's name all over the headlines and, and you know, put his life in danger as ours currently, you know, is. Um, we just weren't going to have any part of it. And, um, and so there you have it. It was... Uh, the word most often repeated last week from law enforcement, we heard it time and again, was this is unprecedented. They didn't know how to book us after the judge made the, um, the judgment to incarcerate us without bond. They didn't, the, the, the marshals, which is that we were remanded into the custody of the U.S. Marshals, they didn't even know how to book us. They didn't know what facility to send us to. They didn't know how to separate us or segregate us from the criminal population that we were the medium security facility or prison we were being sent to um, didn't ultimately didn't know how to release us. Uh, later, the judge sent another updated um, uh, statement or, or judgment requiring that we actually pay per day for our incarceration and wouldn't be released until we provided a cashier's check 
uh, to cover the days of our stay. Um, all of it, absolutely unprecedented. Amen to that. What does the landscape look like? I know you guys basically uh, issued some uh, statements that said, hey, if they expected you guys to crumble over this, uh, they miscalculated, grave miscalculation. You're stronger than ever. I also know you said, hey, this is only the tip of the iceberg in terms of the information that we've got to release. What does the landscape look like going forward? Well, absolutely the case. What is known is not just the tip of the iceberg. It is the snowflake on the tip of the iceberg. And we are determined to make public uh, the facts that we know to be true about our elections that is hidden in plain sight uh, that that America needs to understand. And it's it's um it's a it's a multi layered um, situation that we our goal is to peel back in layers. But it's it's and it's going to be a it's going to be a lot. Um, you know, look, we we worked on this investigation with the Federal Bureau of Investigation for 16 months, and we never mentioned a word of it because we believed that they were moving uh, towards the same direction we had hoped to, where they were going to going to stop the nonsense. And in fact, they they did exactly the opposite uh, of that, and and ultimately betrayed us, uh, even unto uh, going to prison. Um, all of that will come out in the wash, and yes, we are more determined now than ever. Look, I think after we saw what happened last night, what should be on the minds of every American, or the question every American should be asking themselves is, how, how deep is your personal well to save this country? What are you willing to do to save this country? Because if we just let them... Now, Catherine, you're breaking up. You're breaking up a little bit. I hope we don't lose you. But let me ask you this, because this is really interesting. I believe uh, on, in 2020, they tried to release results early. They got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. They thought they had this in the bag. They were wrong. So they had to basically put it all on hold, let everybody go to sleep and commit their fraud in private. This time, what they've done now is the big term is delay, delay, delay. And it looks like, to me, the deep state is using delay as their latest tactic, where they're trying to act professional in the front end with the media and go, hey, we don't want to announce anything until all the votes are counted. We want to make sure we get this right. Let them do their work properly. Let them – but really, it's the delay now where everything's happening behind the scenes, and we don't get any transparency about it, and the fraud's being committed now uh, – but delay is the name of the game so they can get away with it without the scrutiny they've had before. Your thoughts? I, I would agree with that. I would also ask, you know, where is where is the fight from the RNC to push back on the on the DNC's lawsuits, the things that they, you know, filed uh, on the eve of the election? Uh, unconstitutional. Let's take Pennsylvania, for example. Unconstitutional uh, pushes to count ballots that were not dated. Uh, there are, there's case law out there that's already been affirmed by the Supreme Court that, that determines that that is unconstitutional and illegal. So why in the world, if that is happening, and it is at scale across the state, why would you see candidates concede that are within just a few, just a few points of victory? Why wouldn't they stick in there and, and push? I, that yeah, and declare we want to recount, et cetera, et cetera. It's a great right. point. Now, Carrie Lake, when she was um, 
attacked by saying, hey, you think there's election fraud, you're an election denier. She pushed back and proved the Democrats are doing it too. Uh, and Hillary Clinton uh, and Stacey Abrams and others have been guilty of making those claims as well, among many others. But here's what I find interesting now. The Democrats have a plan in their playbook to not say election fraud or election whatever. They're now, the Democrats are blaming their midterm losses on, quote, misinformation, which they claim is eroding their popularity. So now the vote fraud discussion will turn into this information battle where they're going to claim we're all involved in disinformation. Catherine? Well, I mean, and they certainly, you know, orchestrated all manner of, of uh, you know, federal bodies that are, and, and executive orders that are designed to punish um, the people that they that they single out as being election deniers or purveyors of disinformation. And, and um, look, the fact is, unless America stands up, uh, then, then they're going to run roughshod. And, and you're going to see people like myself and Greg Phillips and, and others continue to stand. But we're standing in a, in a gale force wind, and we need others to come alongside. And I thank God for organizations like CSPOA who are willing to stand up um, you know, look, there were CSPOA sheriffs that got involved uh, in or, or that were that were in touch with us last week during our incarceration. Um, it, 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 we we've got to we've got to link shields now more than ever before. We told you that we would double down on your defense and we mean it. And we meant it last week when we got those sheriffs involved. And we mean it now more than ever. If they think they've caved our resolve, they have gravely miscalculated as well, Catherine. Well, thank God for it. You know, we don't, we, we, it, a, a small minority can move mountains if we just stick together. And, and uh, Americans, we are, we are more alike than we are different. Right now, we are faced with a uniparty machine that is trying to convince us that we are something other than what we really are. And we need to stand up. It's going to be a long fight for 2024, but we need to fight it. Catherine Engelbrecht, God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. org. They need every penny they can get, and they need our absolute support. Catherine Engelbrecht, tell Greg we love him, and we got your back, both of you, at the CSPOA and Liberty Roundtable Live. God bless you. We'll talk soon. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. How do you know your child loves you? When he calls and he says, uh, Dad, why don't we um, go fishing? Just very simple, but it, it really counts. They make a song up and they come into our bedroom and say, 
We made a song, and will you listen to Our it? next oldest daughter came to me with tears in her eyes, and she said, Daddy, I just thank you for coming home every night when we were growing My up. Son does the nicest things. When he's playing outside, he'll come in and just give me a hug and run right back outside. My daughter goes to the same high school that I'm the registrar at, and I'll go into my office after the bell has rung, and there's a note on my desk. And it'll usually say, Mom, I love you. I'm thinking about and you. And I think of my boy that uh, we finally got him through graduation. and He came up to me and said, I made it. Thanks. Family. Isn't it about time? That's all I said. And that meant everything to me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, the guests, the incredible breakdown on the elections continue, ladies and gentlemen. Democrats are now blaming their projected midterm losses on misinformation. They don't want to say election fraud because they attacked us so hard uh, for saying that. They don't want to be called election deniers. They're afraid of that. But Chris Carlson, well-known Saturday co-host with us to give his thoughts on the election. Uh, What do you say, sir? Well, I agree with Sheriff Richard Mack when he he used the Fetterman uh, Oz as a kind of a metaphor for the whole thing. Uh, Twenty years ago, this would have never happened. How you you saw the debates? I saw the debates. Fetterman didn't know what planet he was on half of the time, and now he's the next uh, senator from the great state of Pennsylvania. Really, that doesn't make any sense, Sam. There, there's got to be massive organized. Uh, and coordinated voter fraud throughout the nation. There's there's no other explanation for this. And I blame the Republicans. The pub, the Republicans were the most vociferous denunciators of those who claimed that there was voter fraud during the 2020 election. And and now there there these mad there there should have been a red wave. Everybody knows that. Yeah, I don't know if the Republicans could ever have any more ideal conditions under which to uh, to massively uh, overwhelm an election than they had this time around. You've got a, 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 an abject train wreck for a president. You've got massive inflation. Everybody knows that the country's going in the wrong direction. And you've got basically a draw. And it doesn't make any sense. There has to be massive uh, voter fraud and manipulation of, of these machines. There, there's no other explanation behind it. And I, again, I blame the Republicans because they were the most vociferous uh, denunciators of those who claimed there was election fraud two years ago. So you get what you deserve, basically. Uh, I'm going to say this. <laughs> I don't know how to say this any better than this. Richard Mack's right on this. Chris is right on this. We're going to say this. Fetterman versus Dr. Oz looks like a train wreck. Oh, yeah. How does that happen? I mean, and the only way that I can say this happens, uh, Chris is they want you to believe that, hey, Biden's okay, Fetterman's okay, doesn't matter if they're half dead, doesn't matter if they can think for themselves, doesn't matter if they can speak, doesn't matter. They're trying to get us used to um, anybody in office that fits the good old boy network or anybody in office that's got, um, quote, deep state credentials, anybody that can be um, peddled as a puppet uh, is fine. And this train wreck highlights this point like no other. Yeah, and, and this is going to have two effects, and, and you hit on, on very, two very good points, and, and let me uh, expound on that. 
what's going to happen is this is either going to demoralize or it's going to infuriate people who know that this election should not have been, the results should not have been what they are. This is going to create people that are more apt to do uh, acts of violence against uh, Democratic targets, and, or it's just going to demoralize people and they're going to give up hope. Maybe they won't even vote this next election style. Either, either way, Sam, it's not good. And I'm not even a Republican. You know that. I didn't vote for one Republican for the last 22 years. I have not voted for one Republican. And uh, you would think that I would, wouldn't have a, a dog in the fight, but I do because I know that the Republicans, at least their heart is in the right place. As foolish as, as their approach to government has been over the last 22 years that I have not supported them, at least I know that their heart is in the right place and I do sympathize with them. And I certainly, certainly do not sympathize with uh, the Democratic cause because they are openly in re out in rebellion against the American way. Uh, at least they, their true colors are there for everybody to see. So, hey man, a lot of people I, are believing that there's going to be a big difference now that the Republicans have taken the House. Uh, I don't know if they'll take the Senate. What's your prediction on that? But either way, whether they take the House by slim margins and or the Senate by slim margins, I maintain you're not going to see a whole lot of change. You might see a few things like, oh, we're not going to investigate the January 6th fiasco like we were. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, you know, they're going to basically use this to make all kinds of egg promises for 2024 and not a whole lot that I can see, at least in terms of turning this train wreck around, turning this move towards socialism and communism around. You're not going to see much of a seat change. The Republicans promise that every time they get elected, they don't deliver. So, you know what? I'm, I'm just telling you right now, expect just more of the same. Um, expect more gridlock, expect more pushback, expect more rhetoric, but don't expect any real changes. Chris, that's my thoughts. What are yours? Yeah, so they're not going to go after um, the Justice Department as they should. They're not going to go after the January 6th. In fact, they'll probably just ignore that if, if, if not let the Democrats continue the investigation. Uh, they're they're going to say, well, you know, if we if there had actually been a red wave and if we had won in overwhelming numbers, we probably would have looked at that as a mandate. Now they're going to say we really don't have much of a mandate, so it'll be business as usual. And again, I put that right at the, the feet of the, the Republicans. And I don't think that we will win the Senate. I think um, psychologically they know that they can defeat us if they make sure that we maintain either that 50-50 split, which, as you know, the vice president can uh, break that tie at any time. So it, it will be a, effectively a Democrat majority in the Senate. So I don't think they're going to give us that uh, psychological advantage. Now, I think Alex Newman brought up a wise point about uh, Ron DeSantis saying, look, if Ron was really for real, a real hard hitting, um, as we, you know, think, um, I don't think that they would be willing to promote DeSantis as they are as kind of a hero or a leader. And so I'm concerned about that. But what do you think about Donald Trump on one hand voting for Ron DeSantis, on the other hand, giving him a slap and a mock and saying, you know, uh, this is Ron sanctimonious and whatever else and stuff. This is the clown show stuff, Chris. Well, even before Donald Trump was elected president, I called him out as a deep state operative and everything that he's done since the last six years that he's been in the public spotlight, Sam, just confirms that notion. He's a deep state operative. He is a divider. They put him in office to do one thing, well, to do several things, but one of the main things that he did, Sam, was to create a greater division in this country, and they think that they can conquer us by dividing us. It's, it's a recipe that's worked throughout history, 
As a historian, I've studied it over and over and over again, divide and conquer. They did that with the American Indians. Um, they're doing it now in America with, with Democrats and Republicans and uh, Donald Trump. And I believe Ron DeSantis, if and when he ever becomes president, will do the same thing. But in the meantime, it's Donald Trump that's, that's the primary driver of that process. And we're taking the bait. But you and I, Sam, we're not. I, I didn't vote for him. Again, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a prosperity, peace, and uh, liberty-loving American. And that's how I define myself. And by doing so, I don't get caught up in the give and take and the, in the rivalry attitude. We, we shouldn't, I mean, we shouldn't have a rivalry with our fellow Americans. We should try to unify in, in as many areas as we can. And everything that's happened is designed to do just the opposite. And it's going to be to our own personal destruction. And again, I lay that at both the feet of the Democrats and the Republicans, and probably more at the feet of the Republicans because they claim to be against all of those things. So I'm not going Amen to that. Amen to that. I'm going to tell you how I voted last night. Uh, I voted for a couple of Republicans. Uh, I voted for Mike Lee uh, because I believe Mike Lee winning over this whacked out, you know, Evan Mullins guy or McMullen wacko is, is uh, you know, important. So Mike Lee won. That's at least good news. Mike Lee's far from perfect. And I know he's a Republican, but you know what? Way better than McMuffin. That's for sure. Uh, so that's somewhat good news. I voted no on all the increased bonds. I voted no to change this, the Utah State Constitution. No. I voted to remove all the judges. Uh, and then I voted for a lot of independent American candidates and a lot of Constitution Party candidates. And that's, uh, in short, how I voted, Chris. Yeah, and, and I did. I voted for mostly uh, Constitution candidates. There weren't a whole lot to vote for. Because, like in the case of Mike Lee, there wasn't uh, anybody but an independent candidate in the, in uh, Evan McMullen, who I could not stomach to vote for. His CIA background is just too way too suspicious for me. So I I did what I could, and I slept very well last night, Sam. I don't know about you, and I didn't stay up late because it didn't matter. Even if the Republicans would have won with this so-called red wave that they were anticipating, which I was not, by the way. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. I slept like a baby because I yeah, made I went to sleep early decisions. and slept well, too, because I knew we wouldn't have facts and results. Again, the big deep state plan now is to delay. And what they do in the delay is the media basically apologizes for them behind the scenes. The media says, hey, listen, we don't want to jump the gun on this. We don't want to tamp or taint the results before the last voter has voted. That's the mainstream press view to kind of back off. And internally, what they're doing is using this delay to create their fraud without much scrutiny that's just my opinion but Catherine engelbrecht uh, confirmed that, that she believes that to be the case as well but folks we're going after this election fraud issue and just because the midterm elections are over that doesn't mean that we stop our uh, accountability charge we are going to move forward for transparency and accountability to the best of our ability we're going to back Catherine engelbrecht and greg phillips and true the vote uh, and get sheriffs involved and do all that we can at liberty roundtable live and at the cspoa it's vital to do that. And the only way to do that is to remove back to completely paper ballots, counting by hand, confirming the vote under the names of the vote counters, put their names on a paper, a swearing to the count with a penalty of perjury, paper ballots, all of it recorded on video. Transparency and accountability must happen. We've got to get out of the ERIC system. We've got to do elections real time. So you've got to be a very important VIP voter. Vote in person. Don't let them uh, do the the mail. Everybody says, oh, man, we got mail. 
Um, you know, mail-in ballots. Now, not if everybody rejects it. Just shut it down. Okay? We've got to start to take action and make changes for accountability and transparency, Chris. We've got time between now and 24 to do so. And it's very simple. Just like Larry Pratt uh, stated earlier, Sam, in the previous hour, uh, there's no... You know, in, in, in 2000, after the, the debacle down in Florida where you have the hanging chads and the pregnant chads and all that, uh, I, I was too naive to see where they were going with it. it and then when they decided that all, every state was going to go with electronic uh, voting machines, I literally, Sam, thought that that was a joke, that they were using that as, as, a, as an exaggerated joke. And when they actually implemented it, I realized that we really are that stupid, Sam. And that's it, it, as simple as it may seem, we just have to do away with the electronic machines and go back to paper ballots and to voting on the day of the election. Those two simple uh, re measures that we used to do will solve the problem for the most part. There will still be voting fraud, but they won't be able to, to systematize it like they have done today. So Amen that's, that's to that. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got our work cut out for us. The takeaway from this election uh, day yesterday for me is we've got to reject mail-in ballots. We've got to reject everything but voting by paper ballots. We've got to have them swear into the penalty of perjury with vote counters that are transparent where we all can be confident in their counts. Uh, we need to get rid of Eric and clean up our voter rolls. Eric is a way to manipulate the voter rolls created by George Soros back in 2012. We have got to get rid of the Eric system. Sadly, Utah was one of the founders of that cursed thing. We've got to jettison that immediately. We've got our work cut out for us. And Catherine Engelbrecht, Greg Phillips, the CSPOA, we're all taking the lead in this, ladies and gentlemen. We need your support in every way possible. But we, the people, must stand and we must do it now because the red's getting redder and the blue's getting bluer and the divide in the country's getting, uh, in my mind, uh, more and more divided. And that's not good. Divided, we fall. United, we can stand. We've got to stand with the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. Chris, thank you for your breakdown, sir. God bless. We'll talk soon. You bet. Thank you, Sam. There he goes. Chris Carlson, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, what a lineup of guests for two hours of election breakdown like nobody's business. I am Sam Bushman. Thanks for your listenership. Spread the word. Share the love at LovingLiberty.net. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.